Welcome to Working Dog Radio, broadcasting the bite. We here at Working Dog Radio are so proud of our relationship with Southern Coast Canine. Bill Heiser does some amazing work down there in Florida. Go see for yourself all they have to offer at www.southerncoastcanine.com. That's Southern Coast, the letter K, the number nine dot com. Southern Coast Canine. Better training, better results, better dogs. It's no secret that Eric and I are both professional trainers, meaning that we go through a lot of toys teaching dogs to find drugs, bombs, bugs, whatever. The problem always is durability or safety. When we get a dog that's a super hard biter and a chewer, we got to go with a harder toy, which tears up their teeth. Or we get a dog that goes with a softer toy, and we always have an issue with durability or safety, having them chew it up and swallow it. I think a good solution to that is the guys from USA-K9.com. USA K9 uses a natural rubber, which is much safer and environmentally friendly. Plus, they're also USA made and they're restringable, which is a huge deal for me since we use Dutch boxes. For every purchase you guys make using the discount code K9 pro that's the letter k the number nine pro they're going to donate 10 percent of that sale so that we can give away some toys to deployed mwd teams across the world hit them up usa-k9.com use the discount code the letter k the number nine pro that's k9 pro this episode of working dog radio is brought to you by hits training and consulting next year august 13th through the 16th in chicago illinois the number one police canine conference in the world hands down the most amazing instructors there wait till you see the vendor show if you thought last year was big you haven't seen anything there's going to be vendors from every facet of the canine industry giveaways everything you can think of great times during the day great times at night ted and i'll be there Working Dog Radio booth, going to have a good time. Hits 2019, don't wait, register now. Hitscanine.net. TrueScentCanine.com, that's the letter K, the number nine. TrueScentCanine.com. Actual explosive odors suspended in silica, not a pseudo. Hit them up, TrueScentCanine.com. This episode of Working Dog Radio is being brought to you in part by RayAllen.com. RayAllen.com, your one-stop shop for everything dog-related, not just canine, not just search and rescue, not just civilian sport, and not just pets, all of it. Everything related to a dog you can find at RayAllen.com. Be sure to mention the discount code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off your next order. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. All right, we are back. Working Dog Radio broadcasting a bite. This is Ted Summers. I am in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is the first recording-ish uh, of the new year that's up and uh, should be a good episode. So uh, Eric with, is with me as always from Canton, Ohio and Venice Canine. Eric, what do you uh, got going on? Um, you know, the usual. I was uh, sick for the last couple of days, but, you know, I, I posted a thing on my Instagram today that the dogs don't give a shit about me being sick. Got up and went in the kennel and I take care of everybody. And then I had to work dogs. So pet dogs at Lowe's and working dogs other places. You know, the usual. But, uh, I put all that on my Instagram at, at VanSK9. So it's the usual stuff. We're just getting another dog tomorrow, Shepherd tomorrow, and working line Shepherd. So that should be pretty cool. And then just keep on going. We got, I got a lot of travel coming up as you do. We got a lot of seminars through our yeah. high risk deployment site. It's picking up, man. We're getting a lot. I keep seeing Ray keeps sending us dates, man, and it's looking up. I know, dude. We got San Antonio coming up quick, man. Guys got to get on that stuff. It's going to sell out, San Antonio. Yeah, they just confirmed one in Arkansas. I think it's in April or June. I don't remember where we have to look, but yeah, that's going to be good. Cleveland County Sheriff's Office, I remember correctly, but that should be, uh, that should be a good time. And I saw you doing one with Aaron Taylor and with uh, Rigney, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, Ridgeside, Carolina, Ridgeside Canine, Carolina. We're going to have a, there's me and Aaron and Will from Ridgeside, Carolina and Justin Rigney. We're going to do a uh, kind of an all-in-one couple days where you got you can bring your pet dog. There's obedience stuff. There's going to be um, grip work for people that are interested in that. Maybe some folks headed towards the sport. You know, we're going to do some uh, decoy work for them. And if anybody's got a canine handler and they want to do some problem solving, we're going to be down there. It should be really good. I, th- I think it's going to be a good time and it kind of introduces everybody to the Ridgeside Canine Carolina I'm told it's like 10 acres all fenced in. It's like I'm like, damn, that is a lot of fence. Yeah. So uh, we, sh- we should be able to do some pretty good stuff there, man. I'm looking forward to it. 
And uh, then we got, can't wait to March, man. We got Bravo 3. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to be good down in Daytona for sure. That's, uh, I'm looking forward to that, that because it's going to be warm because I'm fucking yeah. tired of ice and snow. It's been. So it's March 4th, 5th, and 6th, and that yeah. time in Ohio usually blows. So I'll be looking forward to going. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that normally when you go to Aruba oh, wow, anyway? Man. No, I don't go to Aruba until uh, in September. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, 4th, 5th, and 6th of March in Bravo 3 with the Tripwire guys. It's going to be a good time. Daytona, it's Daytona. I mean, come on. A bunch yeah. of the uh, Canine Association guys, the police canine guys are coming down. So um, oh, nice. that should be good, man. I'm going to have some fun in the evenings, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I've got uh, I had a break between Christmas and New Year where all I did was eat pizza rolls. And um, <laughs> I have a uh, handler school starting Monday with three or four guys, I don't remember, from Louisiana, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Kansas. So I got four states that are here. So should be uh should be interesting and i think towards the end of the month i'm going to be up in st louis training with some of the kirkwood guys and some of the other dudes up there um hagner's up there training with those cats so i usually post all this stuff on the personal or the uh instagrams the torchlight canine letter k number nine or me ted underscore summers i put all that stuff up there and uh yeah so this episode looking forward to doing it our guest uh we've known for quite a while no we met him through working dog dry goods and before he uh was what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what led him to where he's at now so today on the podcast we have justin melnick from cbs seal team and he is dita aka cerberus's handler so justin what's up hey guys thanks for having me today yeah so you're in california right I'm in Los Angeles, California, listening to you guys tell me how cold you are, how sick you are, how tired you are. And I woke up and did the California thing, laid in bed for a little bit, went and had a latte, you know, then got on the elliptical trainer, thought about going and getting a medical marijuana card. No, I'm just kidding, guys. Um, I woke up, went for a run, hit the gym and played with the pooch. And it's like cold and cloudy here for... LA standards, but I'm still in a tank top and running shorts. So life is good, guys. I hope you're freezing your nuts off over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you were here last time, we moved. So now we've got a, a new a new place. So when you and Deets come back through, I've got an actual room for you to stay in now. So that's good. I'm still going to sleep on your sofa, man. <laughs> I'm still sleeping on your sofa with all the dogs. <laughs> with Dita and CJ. So, um, so, so speaking of Dita, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people actually know. I mean, obviously you're an actor, but they don't know that you are a sworn law enforcement officer. You are still a police officer. I am still a police officer. Excellent. Usually not my lead in line at the bars with the girls, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what led you to Dita? How did you end up with Deets? Oh God, that's a, that's such a long story. So I worked part-time as a police officer in Indiana and my roommate still is a canine handler in one of the larger cities out there. And he had gotten Dita as like a home protection dog. And she was such an awesome little pooch. And he ended up, his wife ended up, who's also a police officer, got hurt on the job. And uh, it was just too much to have a, you know, a two and a half month old alligator running around the house when you already have a patrol dog, a dual purpose dating dog named Carlos. <laughs> um, dog is dog is gnarly. He's, he's one of the most awesome police dogs I've ever met in my life. Just he's awesome if you're a good guy, not a bad guy. He's, he's, he's a chomper, man. He's definitely he's an ass eater. I'm scared of him. Uh, anyway, so so they had to get rid of Ida and we were down in Texas training. And one of the guys we were training with was like, I'll take Dita. And he lived all the way in Texas. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that shit, dude. I'm going to take her. So I took her from, from Chris, paid him back what he paid for her so that he wasn't out the cash. And the original dude that he bought her from lived in Ohio. And at this time, you know, I was still traveling nonstop with my consulting company and living out of hotel rooms and rental cars. So I was like, I need to figure something out. I need to get a car. I don't even have a car. I had, I had my buddy Caleb make me a custom backpack so she could ride in the motorcycle with me. I was like, I was like, I was, I did not live a normal life at that point. I'm not still, but definitely not at that point. I didn't really have much cash. I had this awesome sniper rifle, little gas gun. So I was like, hey, dude, man, bro, why don't you, uh, 
take Peter back from Chris, hold on to her for like two or three months, work on obedience, like kind of, kind of like do environmental stuff with her. No bite work at all. You know, I don't want to bite dog and let's, you know, and let me like sort out my life because this is all coming around super fast. So dude man bro was like, sure. Awesome. So he takes the dog. I go to Ohio to kind of, I've never had a dog in my life before. This is the only dog I've ever had. Like, ah, it's like, like, here you go. Here's a fur thing that lives, breathes, you know, and like, you got to like figure out what it's thinking by its body language. So he worked with me. He was awesome. He held on to her for a little bit. I found my home, built a home, not built it, but yeah, kind of built it. Got a car. And then picked her up and we drove and uh, ended up in New York for a little bit. And then uh, went back to work in Indiana. Said, to, says, you know, the idea was to have a dog for the department at that point, just because having a pet is not an option. I work too much. I need a constant strive of mine is to always earn that air that's going into my lungs. And I truly believe that this dog earns her air going in her lungs now. So, and it's not a financial financial thing, money, you know, money's great. Money makes the world go round, but that's not the goal. Like, you know, the goal is to, to do things to help people and to leave this world a little bit better than we found it. And that air that we're breathing has a price to it. So I wanted the dog to work. She's an awesome dog. Not for, I mean, you know, she's not a patrol dog. She's not biting anybody. No. I think if I ever got into a situation where, or my, you know, my girlfriend got into a situation where I, I'm, I'm sure she would do what any dog does and protect the one she loved, but She's, she's got no issue running off lead around kids and letting them step on her and, you know, pull her tail and pull her ears and stuff. She's really loving. So we were going to use her for the police department. And then all of a sudden, it got shot down. I don't know why it got shot down. It got shot down. It, it, we were going to do a, a cadaver dog and what sent her down to Patriot Dog Training. Awesome dude. I don't know if you guys know Benito Olson. Oh, yeah. He's been on the podcast. Okay. So that dude's a stud. That's kind of like a little bit who I base, base my character on the show off of. But we'll get to that. That dude's a stud. He, you know, for those of you who don't know, he worked as a support canine handler for development group, which is SEAL Team 6. Fucked up pretty... Can we say fucked up on your podcast? Absolutely. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> Fuck yes. So he got fucked up on deployment. His legs got crushed. Man, the dude's such a stud. He stayed in the fight, rehabbed himself. And yeah, it, it's giving me goosebumps right now. But that, that dude went in, gave it all, and uh, got out of it and put 100% back in recreating himself. And he has an awesome business in Texas. Works mostly with civilian dogs. But at that time when I'd met him, he was still down to kind of do working dogs. So he took her for a little bit and started doing all the cadaver scent, which was awesome. And she loved him and they had the best time together. After that happened, I got I got Ixnate on the dog from work. Um, they I, I think I think they thought that they were ultimately going to have to pay for it. We weren't getting the funding that we needed. I, I don't know exactly what happened. I, I kind of was told it's done, and, and I, I didn't ask it. I just kind of said, yes, sir. But everybody loved the dog there. Um, I was like, well, what if we do narcotics? So we started imprinting her. Actually, you started imprinting her on narcotics for us. Yep. And um, we were going to go down and help out a police department on the border reserve program. And that ended up getting shut down. So now the dog was like trained in narcotics and, and article recovery and uh, tracking and trailing from you. And she uh, she's an awesome dog, man. You know, I don't know if you guys know Andre from Dias, but he did like all this crazy agility stuff with her and really, really made her unique. So with all these incredible trainers and all of their incredible personalities kind of combined into one dog, she just is like really unique and uh, super handler dependent in a weird way, you know, like a really strong bond between us. I think you would say the same thing. And, and then a uh, challenge I had to overcome training her um, for detection training was to get her to work away from me. But yeah, that was, yeah, yeah she definitely likes to be around her handler for sure. Well, you're just a stud and she just kind of has a crush on you. I think it's your beard. <laughs> yeah. Um, she gives you those little delicate tongue kisses in your beard when uh, she's yeah. with you. She's eating your crumbs <laughs> off of you. You got to stop eating those donuts, man. The bacon donuts. That's no, what I she's going fantastic. for. <laughs> so now I've got this dog that is awesome and we're about to go into service you know you guys did such a great job she went through and, and smoked all of her tests put on by the local handlers she's about to go 10-8 and all of a sudden i get a call 
from Mark Owen, the guy that wrote No Easy Day. And he's like, hey, there's a TV show that might be happening that I'm working on. And like five minutes later, I get a call from Tyler Gray, uh, who's a former Delta Force guy, special operations. Let's, yeah, whatever. Everyone knows where he came from. Fuck it. So he calls me up and like the way they were talking about it was like two different shows. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm like, finally, I figure out it's the same thing. I didn't even know these guys knew each other. And they uh, were like, yeah, uh, the guy that created the TV show Southland, which is like the greatest cop show. If you're a cop, you know Southland. His name's Chris Chulak. Dude's a legend. Did ER with John Wells. He's just, he's a TV legend. He's super stud. He's doing this pilot episode, this pilot for this TV show about a, you know, called SEAL Team. And it's filming in New Orleans. Can you bring the dog down for it? So I'm like, uh, I think. I was up in Northern California. They had a massive snow dump and Dita had never really spent time in massive snow. And I was like, you know what? This could be a really cool environmental environment thing for her so packed up the car told my chief of police I'm going for some high altitude training with the dog and for searching and uh, linked up with some some people up in Northern California they had like a record like 12 feet of powder it was like it was obscene these snow mountains are 20 something feet tall so we were up in the mountains I needed snowshoes Dita was getting buried uh, you know, it was awesome. She was searching for things in the snow and finding them. And, and we get this call. So I was like, I guess we could go do that. So so it's like, okay, three days being New Orleans. I'm like, okay. So I tell the people I'm with, I'm like, sorry, something came up. I got to roll. So at the last minute, Tyler calls me. He's like, hey, where's all your equipment right now? And I'm like, ah, it's in New York City at the office. And he's like, go get it and ship it down here. I'll get you a UPS number. So I'm like, literally... I don't even know if I'm getting reimbursed for a flight at this time. I like I don't know what's going on, but I I'm like Roger that. So I drive down to California, drop my dog off with my brother, who's like super hippie and like thinks that all dogs are like cuddly and sweet and can eat human food. And he's got like a two year old that wants to feed everything. So I'm like, leave the dog in the kennel, let her out this time, this time, this time, feed her this time. I'll be back tomorrow. Jump on a flight to New York, land at like three o'clock, get to my office, have pack up about 2000 pounds of equipment overnighted to New Orleans. And, um, <laughs> fly back to LA, pick, pick up the dog and start driving. Now, here's the only issue, man, is uh, to get to New Orleans from California, you got to drive along the border. What's on the border, Ted? Border checkpoints, right? Oh, yeah. Tons of them. What does a narcotic dog usually, what does a handler for a narcotic dog usually keep in his car? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Narcotics. I had only cotton balls. I just, I, I only had cotton balls. But, you know, I've got a Pelican case with all my odors in it, you know, so that I can set up training, you know, wherever I'm at. So I'm like, oh, fuck. I, yeah, I, call, I call my buddy who works K9 down at Border Patrol. I'm like, hey, what do I do? He's like, drive the long way. So, so I'm like, fuck me. So I, gotta, I drive all the way up to Albuquerque, like direct shot LA to New Orleans. You know, we get there. I'm like cracked out just because I've been taking chewing caffeine gum and taking energy pills for a day and a half. And, you know, we show up on set and drop off all the gear, all that stuff. And, and they're like, oh, cool. You know what? Why don't you just be the dog handler on the team? So I'm like, huh? Like, wait, what? I'm going to be in front of the camera. So they like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so for the pilot episode, you know, I'm the dog handler on it instead of just the dog being part of it. And then um, by the end of the pilot, the in the final script, the uh, creator of the show, Ben Cabell, added my name, you know, as Brock. So by the end of the pilot, I was a named character on a TV show, which is kind of unheard of and super, super weird and, and really, really lucky. So, you know, mind you, I've never taken, you know, I take, I took an acting class once I got out here when I had a free second, but, you know, never gone on an audition, never did any acting, nothing, just kind of, just kind of fell into it. And, uh, then the show. Now you have your got, SAG card. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. There's so so many, there's, <laughs> there's a shitload of waiters out there right now going, motherfucker, this son <laughs> of a bitch. This guy didn't uh, have to give any hand jobs or anything to get that job. How'd you know I didn't have to give any hand jobs? Well, I was, I was giving you the benefit of the doubt, but <laughs> I was not. I assumed. <laughs> you know what they say about assumptions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I, you know, listen, man, I, I love this TV show all wholeheartedly. I believe in what we're doing. Everything 
from the producers to the writers to the execs to the actors to the background to the electric to the props to the wardrobe. Everybody here at the show comes in every day, five days a week and gives 100%. And everybody is about veterans. Everybody is about helping veterans. Everybody is about making a show which represents not only what SEAL Team 6 guys go through, but what active duty military goes through with their life, you know? And it's, this show is out of respect for those people, you know? It's, there's such a, there's such, and it's weird because, you know, it takes place in LA where everybody's like, oh, freedom is so free. I'm just like born here. Oh my God, I'll have my latte in peace and quiet. And like, who cares that like 3,000 miles away, there's 700 children dying a day of starvation, you know, per hour. And, you know, streets are being littered with suicide bombers and you know what I mean? And there's no free elections and no health care for, you know, basic things. People don't, you know, in California generally don't or Los Angeles don't even think about that stuff. But you get on the show and it's like there's this such a level of, of patriotism here and, and, you know, and respect for for the men and women that are serving in our in our military, which is awesome. Which I love I can be around that all day long. That's an awesome message from to hear that, you know. Because everybody would hope that that's the case, you know, but you don't know until you hear it right from the horse's mouth. Answer me this question, and this will be for most people like my age especially. What does a key grip do? (laughs) I haven't quite figured that out yet. (laughs) No, so, and I'm probably wrong on this, but there's electric and there's grips. And the grips, okay, so the, so the key grip is kind of like, they're in charge of shaping the lights. Electric plugs in the lights. And, and I believe, I could be wrong here, and I don't want to offend anybody that's a grip or a key grip, and I apologize. But to my understanding of it is that the grips bend, bend the light to shape it in the right way, if that makes sense. Oh, okay, I got that. I have no clue. You know, it's like cause you've got a bounce light. It's not as easy as just putting a light bulb in, man. It's like an art form to what these guys do. Because remember, you can't have any glare. You can't have any reflection. So, yeah. How much how much makeup do they got to throw on you? Me? Yeah. Maybe I'm just naturally beautiful. Ask <laughs> that. He's you. been there in the mornings when I wake up. No. Um, I saw you know, a fucking it, Instagram story the other day. And somebody sent you all the skincare products. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. rude. You know, that's rude. That's Every morning, hair and makeup, I generally like either wear a baseball hat or just like throw some water in my hair and mess it up. Haircuts every three weeks with me. If, if there's like a lot of blood in the scene or, you know, we get tore up. Yeah, they can get pretty expensive with wounds, especially when the wounds are fresh. But, you know, my, my hair and makeup is usually about three minutes in the morning. It's pretty simple. You know, other guys, they've got to put fake tattoos on. You know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, but you know, they, they want us looking rough. They want us looking real, you know. Like last That's season while we were on deployment, we weren't allowed to shave our beards. We weren't allowed to trim. Oh, nice. That's good. Ted yeah. says they spray paint your six-pack on. Is that true? Yes. Yeah, it is. Who's got time to work out on a six-pack here? <laughs> right. Ted's giving away all your secrets. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I, I, I'm going to wait till the end of the episode, and then I'll tell you all the stuff that Alicia told me about that. Uh-huh, yeah. So we'll be back in a little bit to talk about kind of the inspiration behind uh, Justin's character on the show, and then we'll talk about Deet some more. We'll be back in a second. I want to take a second to talk about equipment selection for patrol work. One of the most important aspects of teaching and maintaining patrol functions is your equipment. Proper equipment selection and fit makes all the difference in the world when it comes to creating and maintaining patrol and sport dogs. This episode is possible in part with support from Arno at ALM Suits. Because of the importance of this equipment, I use ALM Suits exclusively. I've owned one for about five years and use it almost daily at the kennel and have caught thousands of dogs and tens of thousands of bites. Arno was able to make a great fitting suit for my lanky ass and I couldn't be happier with it. Arno can take your measurements and make you a suit each and everything he does in his shop in Vegas. Between the top-notch materials and the handmade aspect, you're getting some of the best bite equipment in the world from ALM. The suits come in a full range of weights, from training weight to comp weight, which is what I use because I'm not a pussy and you shouldn't be either. He offers some Kevlar inserts to make the thinner suits a little safer and more comfortable, plus they keep your tattoo artist happy. He makes a full range of toys and reward tugs also. Be sure to hit him up at alnk9equipment.com That's the letter K, the number 9, or Arno, A-R-N-O at almsuits.com Be sure to use the discount code WDRADIO for 10% off 
off your first order. Tell him you heard it here. Now go get bit. Highland Canine Training, LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre-trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in-house. But most importantly, they offer a full service canine academy with canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. Let me take a second and talk to the explosive handlers here. Everybody knows that HME is a huge problem now. The problem with training on it is that it's extremely dangerous. And a lot of times you guys only get access to it a couple of times a year, which is not enough. Nobody wants to handle TATP or HMTD. So enter TrueScent Canine. That's TrueScent, the letter K, the number nine, dot com. They manufacture an actual odor, not a pseudo. It's an actual explosive odor suspended in silica. So they do TATP. HMTD, RDX, TNT, PETN, ammonium nitrate, potassium chlorate, and they do a distractor rotor too so that you can proof the dogs off of the training aids, but it's actual explosive odor suspended in silica. It's safe to handle. You're not going to blow yourself up. You're not going to endanger anyone else. And the dogs, through verified testing that TrueScent has done, will alert on both the training aids and then actual HME odor down the line through training. So hit them up, TrueScentCanine.com. That's the letter K, the number nine, TrueScentCanine.com. Hey guys, Eric here. If you listen to Working Dog Radio or follow me on social media, Van S Canine, you know that I am involved in a wide variety of aspects of the dog world. I am a police dog trainer, pet dog trainer, I own dog daycare, and I am a pet owner. So I have a wide variety of needs when it comes to gear for the dogs, daily living things for the dogs, all kinds of items, training, anything possible I need. I go to one place, rayallen.com. Rayallen.com is a one-stop shop for everything dog related. Anything you could possibly need, check them out. rayallen.com. They've been doing a long time. Great customer service, super high integrity at that place. rayallen.com. Put in promo code WORKINGDOGRADIO for 10% off your next order. Ted and I love that place. RayAllen.com. Get on there. Click everything you need. Ship it all at once. RayAllen.com for all things dogs. Let's take a second and talk about canine training seminars. You definitely don't want to shortchange yourself when it comes to this type of stuff. That's why you should join Eric and I at HITS in Chicago this year, the week of August 13th to the 16th. That's 2019. We know training budgets are always tight, especially for canine. And that's why HITS goes the extra mile for you guys. And let's be honest, there's no other canine training conference on the planet like HITS that has a depth and breadth of instructors. HITS has now gotten so large and so successful that the 2019 conference will be held in the largest convention center in North America. That's Chicago's McCormick Place. There's no secret as to why these guys are so successful. It's because canine handlers want to learn from canine trainers who are police dogs themselves. That's because real world experience matters when it comes to these type police dog trainers. The guys who run HITS are still working police dogs just like the guys listening to this podcast. HITS is the real deal because it's run by real current police dog handlers and trainers. HITS has had 1,100 people in attendance this year in Washington, D.C. That was actual numbers. Eric and I were there. I promise. It was busy. You don't want to miss your chance to be part of that kind of training and more importantly, that kind of networking and information exchange. Visit them on the web and register early to save some money. You just got to go to hitscanine.net to register and save big time. There's also information there about discounts for the hotel and where the hotel's at. Hits has three full days of training with five open classrooms going on all at the same time. Hits always does a survey at the end of the conference to take suggestions for new training classes for the coming year. Your core classes in detector training, techniques, drug case, case law updates, patrol tactics, training techniques for real world deployments just keep getting better and better and better. And then you have the multiple classes about bomb detection that's taught by different instructors to give you different ideas. And the list doesn't stop there. Handlers who work dog in jails and in prisons have classes set up specifically for them to address specific issues for those environments. And they want to learn from guys that are doing that actively now. And they are. What if you want to learn about canine nutrition or emergency first aid? They got it covered. What if you're a canine supervisor who doesn't even work a dog and never has, but you need to know how to run a unit better? They 
They've got some of the best in the industry that are going to be there running classes specifically for that. So go check out what's new. HitsK9.net, the letter K, the number nine. Another reason why Hits is the most popular canine training conference is the vendors. There's going to be a hundred vendor booths, all the best canine gear on the market. Come join us at Hits and meet the guys who make the stuff you use every single day at work. Our vendors make coming to Hits an experience like nothing else. There's raffles every day that you don't even have to sign up for. And they gave away, I think it last count, 40 grand worth of stuff last year while we were there. And it was fantastic. So hit them up. Hits, the letter K, the number nine, dot net. All right, we're back with Justin Melnick, uh, a.k.a. Brock, from CBS SEAL Team, who handles Dita, the hair missile, and uh, she plays a male on the show. Her name is Cerberus, but so we're back. Eric? So, Justin, we talked earlier about Benny being the uh, inspiration for your character. When when they asked you to be the, the handler, did you right away, you think, man, I got to... I got to come up with somebody to think about, to emulate, and did he pop right in there? How did all that come transpire? So when they were like, hey, you're going to handle the dog on the show, you're going to be in front of camera, I was kind of like, oh, fuck, uh, what does that mean? <laughs> so, you know, it's like there are things that you, like, you never look at the camera. You, you always have to look past it. I got lucky, so so I got really lucky. The first On the first episode where we were on camera, the first like five scenes, six scenes, we we did were always were always tactical so i'm under night vision goggles you know which are all working actually it's like a training op man i'm sending my dog in a room i'm making entry into the room i'm scanning clearing checking my corners checking for you know people open spaces and adjacent doors and then behind objects and uh you know going through my cqb checklist in my mind as I'm performing, which helped a lot because, you know, then you're not really aware of the cameras. You know, you're, you know, you treat your cameramen as, as administrative staff during, you know, CQB training, you know, someone in the room observing, but not participating. So then from there, we did some scenes where, you know, we were in the talk getting our mission brief. I was in the, I was so deep in the background and all that kind of stuff that it really gave me the opportunity to watch the way the other actors were doing it the way the real actors are doing it and kind of giving me the ability to, to pick up on some of the small traits on it and, and tactics and techniques that they were using. So when it came down to episode two, you know, it just, you start getting into the mind frame is like, okay, cool. What's my motivation? That That's the, the question you're always asking yourself. What's my motivation? You know, what's happening in the scene? Why is it making me feel that way? You know, how would I portray that and be present? You know, so it's like maybe it's acting or maybe it's just putting yourself in that situation, immersing yourself in that situation and not thinking about uh, the cameras or the sound guys or anybody that's in the room with you and just being focused and present on the actors that are giving you the information in the scene. You know, so if you're getting a mission brief and you're looking in your file folder and you're reading that mission brief about, you know, about the target package and you're actually really reading it, it, it's very easy to stay immersed. I will say that one common comment I hear about the show, and I think, and you can probably speak to this, is that I've had several people say, you know, when I tell them that we know you, they're like, oh, did he used to be a dog handler? I'm like, no. I mean, he's cop. And all the time I get people who are like, man, he really understands, or like a lot of guys that were military guys that are not even handlers, but work with dogs in those units are like, well, he acts just like a handler. I'm like, well, one of the producers was <laughs> like part of that, but the everybody down to the equipment you guys use, the uniforms you guys are using, the way the dog is used and everything else is pretty much how it's actually done for the most part. I know TTP changes and everything else, but you guys from the beginning, I think, spent a lot of time trying to make that portion of the show as realistic as possible because that's always the, the main rub with a lot of these shows is that there's trying to tell a story and, you know, part of the tactical portion of it loses some, gets washed into the background or something else. But by and large, the comments that I always hear is, you know, while the acting is good and the story is good and everything else, everything that you guys are doing, whether it's it's down to CQB stuff, you know, semi-modern TTP or whatever it is, you guys are pretty much on point. Thank you for that, by the way. So here's the thing, man. And it's, this is, this is, this is where it holds true to all the military guys that work on the show and myself. We all want it to be as real as possible to keep people's interest. Like, you know, we've been at war for 17 and a half years. You know, a lot of people, they might not have been part of a JSOC asset, which means, you know, uh, you may, may have heard the term tier one or SEAL Team 6 or Army Delta Force or a few other upper echelon level special operations unit. But 
you have a gen. Most people in this country have a general sense of what's happening and what fighting is and what the gear looks like, stuff like that. So the idea is to all of us is we want to make it as real as possible to pay homage to the men and women that are sacrificing everything to go keep us safe here domestically. But we never want to compromise SOPs or TTPs that can get dudes killed downrange or hurt downrange. So if you watch it carefully, I'd say the greatest TTP I ever gave away and it's super open sourced at this point just because it's all over the internet and websites was the dog camera on the dog's back when she climbed up the ladder and jumped through the window to go search the house for us. Right. Um, you know, and that's pretty commonly known. Like if you Google dog cameras, you know, it's like it's not a secret that dogs you, that dogs can do it. Now, there's technology out there which people in our community are completely aware of that exists that we're not going to show that we can use with dogs just because right. there's no upside. You know, Johnny Jihad watches these shows, reads our magazines, checks out our Instagrams, you know, watches our news and our YouTube videos. And by ours, I mean like, you know, Americans, you know, and and they are a sophisticated enemy. They're not the booger eaters that everybody's always kind of made them out to be. You know, what we're dealing with is a very intelligent enemy that understands modern warfare, guerrilla warfare, you know, social media warfare and understands how to exploit all of our weaknesses and use them against us. So, you know, I, none of us on the show want to ever, ever give them ammunition that could hurt our, our guys. So still keeping it as realistic as possible. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's a, so when, you know, it's, it's, how long after the pilot airs or maybe it was before, did you guys find out that the show got picked up? So we shot the pilot in March. I was in LA in July. In the end of June, beginning of July, doing pre-production and helping them out with episode two, we knew that it was going down. Did you have a place where you like shit? I gotta, I gotta freaking find an apartment or move out. There? Um, yeah, man, Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> I found a place on Airbnb. Yeah. They loved the fact that there was a cop and a police dog living on their property, so they gave us a nice deal and you know lived right by the studio and simple little one-bedroom place, easy, you know. So there was no stress. No, nope. no first, last, and first month either, <laughs> or deposits. So. Yeah, yeah. So I know yeah. we have a friend that works. Uh, Alicia has a friend that uh, is a personal assistant for one of the guys from South Park and has been forever. And uh, we visited her while we were out there. And like, I mean, the amount of money that people pay on rent out there is insane. I mean, I think her apartment is like thirty five hundred dollars a month or something ridiculous. Oh yeah, man. If you yeah, it's so cra- it's so expensive. It's a it, it, it should yeah, be illegal what they charge deposit. out here. So with the other actors were they like giving you like because you you know for them to ask you to be the handler that's you're jumping to the deep end of the pool pretty quickly are they like just throwing little suggestions out to you right away like hey like we were talking about looking past the camera these things like on the fly you're learning these guys on the show are some of the best human beings i've ever worked with man they're all so incredible so kind so thoughtful so supportive i mean everybody david max neil aj so they're they're all so incredibly supportive that everything they I mean it's sink or swim in Hollywood remember for for every job there's a line of a thousand people that could possibly do your job or want to do your job so it's like everybody's replaceable here and there's really no second chances so you know everybody I I got a lot of second chances on this a lot of third chances because I mess up a lot I have no idea man this is this is so beyond my (laughs) realm you know I learn by mistake when you guys have downtime and you're there with the dog do you even exist in what sense meaning that when the dog is there like say you guys aren't filming there's some downtime where they're changing some things Dita's loose or whatever she's around with you do the guys even acknowledge you anymore is it just the dog Everybody just wants the dog. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Everybody, and I don't blame him, man. She's, you know, it's been it's been really cool because generally in Hollywood, there's a job called an animal wrangler, which is like a union job. So let's say you see a dog on the show; it's somebody's job, even if they don't own the dog or train the dog. They're like a wrangler, and they show up with the dog, and the dog does the stunt, the gag that it's supposed to do, and then it leaves. No one has interaction with the dog except whoever's responsible for it on on you know in the scene 
you know, in the case of Dita, she runs around set all day long. We have an office at CBS and she runs around and plays with everybody. Everybody has like toys for her, uh, has tugs in their desk drawers or tennis balls so that they can, she'll go to each desk and play with people. You know, when she's on set, she runs around and, and, and loves on everybody. And you know, the rule is this is like any working dog when she's jocked up in her kit, you know, fuck off, you know, but if she's not in her kit, belly rubs, just don't give her any food, no food, you know, play with her all you want. So she, she completely kind of lowers the stress level on set, runs around. We got about nine different kennels on set. So no matter where we are in our building filming, she, there's always like an awesome big spot for her to kind of cozy up and chill. And uh, she's got a pretty good life here. <laughs> so now that, you know, you guys are on the show and everything else, you recently did some other stuff. You were on uh, Price is Right recently, I saw. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so that was really cool, man. It was, it was pet adoption week, and since I technically adopted Dita, you know, they asked us to come out and talk a little bit about pet adoption. So, I mean, that's fun, man. I, I, I'd like to go back and then hang out with them more. It was it was so cool getting to spin the wheel. Coop awesome. Carey is a smart dude, man. He's got into that. He got into that gig, and, you know, it, maybe it's not as glamorous as doing the TV show and everything he does, but he's settled in there and making his money and ha- has a pretty sweet gig there. He doesn't seem to be too worried about that. You know, the one thing I found in common with all these people in Hollywood that are making a ton of cash is none of them are there for the paycheck. Everybody is here because they have to be here because it's their life passion to be here that they couldn't exist without being here if that makes sense yeah it it, it is the most incredible thing because listen there's a lot of glamour and glitz in this world but it's so much hard work for every single one of these people whether you're set pa or david boreanis number one on the call sheet you know david has a work ethic that is so inspiring the guy is 20 hours a day just cranking figuring out ways to be better at his craft to make our show better to create opportunities for us, you know, and and to help the longevity and and the lifespan of the show. Uh, We got right before the commercial break, we were kind of talking a little bit about some of the actors and stuff on the show. And, you know, yeah, they're they're great, man. It's like they're all super gung-ho on helping veterans, which makes me love them. You know, that's veteran... Veteran support is something that I'm wholeheartedly in. Anything anything with public service, you know, supporting law enforcement, that's active duty military, Gold Star families, those are all high priorities to virtually everybody here. And everyone makes time for it. Even though we're working, you know, 14 hours a day, five days a week, and they all have families and kids, everybody's down for these charity causes. They're always constantly Instagramming, trying to raise awareness and help these Gold Star families out and help out all these other veteran-based charities, veterans-based businesses. It, it's, it's been really so inspiring, man. I love it. I, I couldn't imagine my life any other way at this point. Speaking of charities, which ones uh, are you working with currently? I'll pretty much donate my money indeed is money to anything that anything that's a 501c3 and that involves law enforcement or or veterans or canine stuff on either side charities that i really 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 like going down my list i love rescue 22 we're going to start getting more involved with those guys to help provide veterans with service dogs really really love the warrior dog foundation you know mike ritland's to kind of help dogs that have pts kind of live out their lives in some peace and and enjoy and enjoy what's left of them after you know constant deployment Love Spikes, Spikes Canine Fund, the ability to raise money to help provide harnesses and ballistic armor for police dogs domestically is awesome. And Jimmy Hatch, who's a former SEAL Team 6 canine handler, is an awesome dude and super inspiring. And his story is pretty badass as well and interesting. The guy, the guy's a true American hero. See, um, we've been doing a lot of stuff with an organization called TAPS. Absolutely love the USO. We We've kind of we did a USO visit the other day, and it was just so great meeting all the troops coming home for the holidays and getting to hang out with them. And and Dito was messing around with everybody. It was great. I love the Navy SEAL Foundation. Kind of always down to support that. And anything you know, anything that we can ever do for kids of fallen law enforcement, or doesn't even have to be a charity, man. We whatever we can do, we're there. We're in. 
We're sold. Hit us up. Let us know what we can do to help make the world a better place. We're in. Sounds like you guys are quite busy. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't stop. But you know what? God, and I'm not a religious person, but I definitely, you know, feel that God or whoever's in the universe is pulling these strings, man, put us in this really unique position and it ain't going to last forever. So let's do as much good as we can while we're here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess you get pulled quite a bit of different directions, eh? I I don't like the word pulled because that would kind of make it sound like I wasn't thrilled to do it. I'm, man, yeah, any, anything, you know, any direction that, that I can get guided in to, to do good and help. It just, like I said, man, I, I this is such a unique opportunity that it ain't going to be here forever. So I just kind of want to do as much as I can to, to, to do good and be good while I am here. And it, and it's been, you know, and it's so much fun, dude. I get to fucking pretend like I'm a Navy SEAL five days a week. I get to run around and get into gunfights and blow shit up. Like, <laughs> so, come on. Uh, where, where is it, where's filming taking you? Does it, mo- you do most of it in New Orleans or are you traveling? No. Overseas? So the pilot, the pilot episode was done in New Orleans. Once the show got picked up, our home base is at CBS in California in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, depending on our mission, it depends on where we're going. So season one, we were, a lot in the Middle East and a lot in, and in Afghanistan on deployment. And a few like, uh, we did China, Afghan border. We did Brazil. So most of that stuff is all within an hour of LA up in the mountains or out in the desert. We built like our own little army fob in Santa Clarita, which was awesome. But this year for season two, we did a deployment. We did a micro deployment or micro blowout to Mexico City to go help uh, our Mexican counterparts with a cartel issue. And we shot most of that in downtown L.A. And then we flew to Puerto Rico to go film the rest of it. Yeah, Puerto Rico, is it coming back? Say it again. Is Puerto Rico getting built back up? What's it look like? You know, I hadn't seen it for years before the hurricane. So, you know, it's weird. You feel like you're in America, but it doesn't, they don't have the support of the American government like one would think that they'd have, which kind of sucks. Like the only benefit for those guys is they can, they can come, they get American, I think they get like an American passport or they can travel to America and like basically move to any American city they want whenever they want and not have to like get visas or anything. But you really don't feel like you're in America except for like the fact that you see CVS and Rite Aid and, you know, Ruth Chris Steakhouse at a hotel, something like that. There were some restaurants that I'd seen in New York City, like Italian restaurants. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. I think after the hurricane, people went down there and grabbed as much real estate as they could while it was cheap, uh, knowing that it would get rebuilt back up or something. So you get a lot of like high-end fancy restaurant groups down there. But yeah, we got out into some of the remote parts of the island and it was it was awesome, man. It was a rad place. Got to hang out with all the local cops, which was great. We spent, now oh, you guys will dig this. So we spent an entire day filming at a location. And then as I'm leaving, I see a sign that says canine facility. So we were training, like we were filming like a hundred meters from the canine kennels for the Puerto Rican police department or for the Puerto Rican state police or their equivalent of the state police. And uh, I had no idea. I didn't know until we were leaving. I was like, oh, I could have gone up there and got a bunch of patches and met all the guys and given and given them. I brought down all my department coins and patches for everyone down there. I'm like, fuck, man. What a bummer. I missed out. So, But got to meet a bunch of awesome cops down there, make a bunch of good contacts, go down. I told them if, you know, since Dita and I are the only people certified by the manufacturer of the device for fast roping canines out of helicopters, I told them Dita and I would come down for free and, and, and train them if they wanted. Wanted. That's cool, man. That's a pretty good hookup for them. Oh, yeah. Real yeah, good. that's what's, what we've been doing in California for all the different agencies out here. So, you know, Trango, the guys that make the FRD, the device for fast roping dogs, uh, they're the only people who make it. And I'm the only person that they've certified as an instructor outside of um, the guy from the Air Force that helped them develop it, you know, 10 years ago, who's now retired. Yeah, we, we kind of roll around from department to department and teach them how to use the device safely. In all your spare time. 
Yeah, right. There's always there's always Saturdays and Sundays. Right. Right. So what do you got coming up? You got any appearances you want to plug? I'll be signing autographs down at the Chick-fil-A on no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sunday. Uh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So no, no, no appearances really. Um we just kinda cruise around, man. I'm hoping to get back out to the US so soon and uh go hang out with some heroes. And we just got back from Indiana. We went back to our police department now where we don't really have the ability to work patrol at this point or just because we're stuck in California, but we're maintaining our state mandated training so that I can keep my powers of arrest. And we do a lot of community outreach stuff, kind of anything to uh, anything to kind of paint an approachable face on law enforcement. You know, sadly, in this day and age, people don't love us so much. Parents telling kids if they fuck up, they're going to go to jail and the police are going to come and take them. And, you know, a lot of the media isn't really painting us in, in that great of a light. So pretty much any opportunity that we can get out and integrate with our inter integrate into our uh, community and kind of play with kids and be around the families and 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 make it more approachable to come you know hang out with cops you know it's only setting the seed for the future so we went back we did uh, Operation Christmas we called Chop with a Cop where we uh, raise a bunch of money throughout the year for less fortunate families and then take them to Walmart uh, with a generous grant from Walmart as well to help take these kids shopping so we can get them school supplies, clothing, toys, basically whatever they want for Christmas. Yeah, Shop of the Cops, an awesome deal, man. I've, we, uh, the department I retired from, we didn't do that. We did a um, Christmas, like we had a Santa Claus. We would go buy an entire Christmas for a whole family. We spent, mm -hmm. our union Our union would spend about $11,000, $12,000 a year. They still do. Shop, our, uh, our cop clause, they call it, um, so that it's, uh, you know, guys see a family on a call and they come to the union and say, hey, I'd like to nominate this family. They, they're really in, in a bad way. And uh, we end up going shopping from them for them and buy all the gifts for all of them, like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars for each family. And then we have a big party for them. It, it's really cool, man, to see that stuff. And I've been with some other guys hanging out with them. Um, some other handlers, their agencies were doing shop of the cop and it was cool. It was really cool to watch. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's so awesome. And most departments do is a variant of that, but where's the media covering that stuff, man? It's, you know, I don't know. Don't get me started. It, it's a sad mm -hmm. time right now. It's a yeah. sad time. It's, it's great, though. Just Yep. We encourage everybody to go back through this episode and listen to the charities that uh, Justin mentioned in there. Check I'll them out. Support them. We, link to them. Yeah, we've had the Rescue show. 22 guys on the show. Yep. And uh, they were, yeah, it's such a great, such a great organization. And all the ones you mentioned, everybody. Every, every, you know, it's you know, another one that, sorry to, sorry to interrupt. The other one that I really like that I didn't mention is MWD. Oh, TSA got the MWD TSA. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The Team Support okay. Association. They do care packages for deployed canines. So Dita, this awesome little fur nugget, said to me one morning, Dad, we should raise a bunch of toys for dogs deployed. I was like, that sounds like a great idea, honey. No. Um, we're talking to these dudes, and USA Canine Toys are super supportive. And like, let's do a toy drive. Let's get these dogs some fucking toys. Uh, Dita posted a bunch. I sound like a crazy fucking idiot right now. I posted a bunch of shit on Dita's Instagram because she does not have opposable thumbs and can't post herself yet <laughs> but this dog's pretty much capable of doing anything so maybe next year she'll figure it out instagram and she posted a bunch of stories and we raised just under 600 toys going out dogs deployed which is just awesome man it's like you take something as silly as instagram and like you actually create an ability to do good with it and it makes it all worthwhile yeah they're a, love uh, it they're, they're a sponsor of the podcast in fact they're this episode if i remember correctly this is one of the episodes that they're sponsoring but yeah usa canine is for sure and we've raised i don't know not 600 because we're not famous but quite a few that we need to send out get uh, out to working teams out uh that are apo addresses so yeah that's awesome so where can we find you on uh on instagram for people that don't know justin melnick and dita the hair missile two different dita accounts the hair missile that's dita's account yeah dita's you account. know speaking of i know they sponsor your show but man it was so generous what they did they matched every toy that dita raised for the month yeah which is just so it's like a it's not expected 
And it's just awesome. Like, you know, just, and I didn't have to sell them on it. I just asked, hey, would you be interested in doing this? And they were like, done. And I'm like, awesome. you know, yeah, that's the, amazing. Adam, the dudes up there, Adam has been great to work with on our end, too. So, I mean, he's, uh, they're they're great. And those toys are rock, too. I mean, I'm, we're not just doing it because they sponsor the podcast. But, I mean, you know, I've, I go through, because of it, I mean, you've been to the kennel. I mean, we go through a shitload of toys. And, I mean, those things are great. The rubber's hard. You just need to start making gentler, softer dogs, man. <laughs> yeah. That's the answer. <laughs> so my toys last longer. Yes, the softer exactly. side of the canine. So, uh, <laughs> you know, Eric and I have been working on this project, too, uh, with Ray um, and Alicia. So we've got the HRD Police Canine, um, which is the same website, hrdpolicecanine.com. And we've got some seminars coming up uh, February 25th to the 27th in uh, San Antonio, Texas, Texas with Bexler County, Colorado. We're going to be there at Castle Rock March 18th to the 20th. Then we'll be in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, just north of where we're at now with one of my departments, Able for to the third and then uh, we've got Philly May 13th to the 15th and that's going to be with the Penn Vet Working Dog Center that's going to be insane we have basically Justin you should probably you should come to that I've been there I've been okay. there. That so place is awesome. They have that crazy like training facility, and we're doing three days of dog shit just for the puppy, like the puppy them. facility that they do, or the um... no, like the big like SWAT training facility for all hmm. our highest deployment. So yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And then I got uh, Ray texted me today, and we're scheduled for Arkansas. I want to say in June is what it looks like. So uh, probably we're in Arkansas. Uh, I think it's gonna be like right as we started recording. Um, Culver County, maybe? Sheriff's Office? I'm not allowed to go to the state of Arkansas anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even... That's know. a whole other podcast. We'll yeah. No, it's just... It's every time I go to the state of Arkansas, I literally get hit by a fucking tornado. Oh. So... <laughs> I like, get, get out of here. It's like, it's like it's like fucking October, and I show up to go down there to the counterterrorism facility, which I go to, and we get hit by a fucking tornado. They're like, you got to stop coming down here. Every time I go, I, I there's a tornado. Yeah, June twenty fourth through the twenty sixth, Cleburne County Sheriff's in uh, Arkansas. Uh, yeah, there could be tornadoes. Then I'm just saying, man, like you don't want me to come to that because June is a very probable month for tornadoes. So, uh, Eric, where can we find you? I know we mentioned it. We'll do it again. Yep, I'm on uh, Van S K. On Instagram, Van S Canine Academy on uh, Facebook, Van S Canine Duck on the uh, interwebs on the website. I'll be down in North Carolina at the uh, Ridside Canine Carolina facility coming up, and that'll be in the spring. Also, I, I can't tell you guys enough the San Antonio HRD seminar is filling up. If you're down in that Texas yeah. area and you want us to put you through some insane scenarios, jump on it. You're going to miss out if you don't get on it. Um, there are auditor slots and working slots. Lot. So we'd like to see a bunch of you down there. Plus, that means more of you to buy Ted and I beers at night. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh God! Or, and the problem with Ted is he drinks he drinks Coors Light, so he can go through like a million beers. Exactly. Okay. It's yeah, expensive. Piss water. <laughs> that's hey, that's America's water. Don't talk shit about Coors Light. <laughs> that's right. Right on. Well, Justin, this has been awesome. Uh, you know, I really appreciate you to, uh, taking some time out and come talk to us. And uh, yeah, it's been great. So everybody, check out Seal Team on uh, CBS. What nights is it on? Wednesday nights, nine p.m. Wednesday night, nine p.m. Check it out. Go see Justin and Deet Dita the Hair Missile. Justin, thank you, man. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Great chatting with everybody. Yeah, it's been awesome. We'll see you. I'll see you guys later. Bye. Say hi to Loki for me. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay. <laughs> Give him a big hug. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Eric here. Like many trainers, Ted and I go through toys with the hard, super chewer dogs we typically have in our kennel. So we need toys designed to withstand the grueling reality of high-drive working dogs. That's where USA Canine Dog Toys excel. Their toys are made from an extremely durable rubber compound. They have reward toys as well as food dispenser toys, all made to last and are very affordable. All the toys are military-themed. Go to the website, www.usa-canine.com. Check out the grenade-shaped toys. They got the cherry bomb. They got a lot of other great things over there, military-themed toys. Here's the best part. A portion of all USA Canine proceeds go to support military working dogs and other veterans organizations. And that's freaking badass. www.usa-canine.com. Use the promo code K. Nine Pro, or check them out on Instagram at USA Canine Dog Toys. Everybody loves stuff that goes boom. 
And we couldn't talk about stuff that goes boom without talking about Tripwire Operations Group. They're some of the best in the industry at stuff that makes loud noises and blows stuff up, specifically for guys in this podcast. If you're handling an explosive dog or you're a trainer of an explosive dog, they have one of the most well-rounded, ready-to-go kits in the correct amounts and odors for any national standard or state standard certification. Head over to tripwireops.org to check it out. They're headquartered in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, and a group of first responders dedicated to serving first responders. They believe that the most highly trained and prepared first responders create a safer America. They prepare you guys and other first responders and military to protect our country by providing products, services, training, and relationships which together no one else provides. In fact, they've done several HME large hide courses recently, which is a really valuable thing for explosives handlers because you're not really able to get that much odor in one place at one time safely. And these guys do a fantastic job. Be sure to head over to tripwireops.org and check out the full list of classes they've got going on and have contact info there on the website. Again, tripwireops.org. Highland Canine Training, LLC. To all of my fellow LE Canine guys, Highland Canine should definitely be on your short list of vendors when it comes time to adding to your unit or replacing one of your dogs. Highland Canine offers green and pre-trained single and dual purpose dogs if you train in-house. But most importantly, they offer a full service canine academy with canine handlers courses, canine instructors courses, specialized advanced canine training, and canine supervisors courses. Jason and his staff of instructors have been there and done that in this game. They run these classes year-round, so go to their awesome website at www.tacticalpolicecaninetraining.com. That's Tactical Police, the letter K, the number 9, training.com, and make your unit better. You got your reasons, I got my wants. Still got that feeling, but I'm too old to die young Working Dog Radio was graciously granted permission to use this music by Brother Deeg. Be sure to check him out at brotherdeeg.blogspot.com. That's spelled brother, D-E-G-E.blogspot.com. Be sure to buy him a beer at Amazon, iTunes, or CD Baby, or anywhere you stream your music. Working Dog Radio was edited and co-produced by Alicia Brandt.